Some movement at the takeoff zone. It's Kelly Slater grabbing rail. A clean entry. This thing holding open. It spits. When it spit me, I thought it was going to spit me off my board. Comes out with the spit. Spits him out. Comes out after the spit. Gets spat out of another good looking wave here. Spit, spit, spit. We're just spitballing, right? Yeah, I got. Yeah, guy. Yeah, guy. Welcome, everybody. Yeah, friggin' guy. We are a spit, the spit podcast, David Lee Scales, Scott Bass with you here, spitting at you all about surf, surf talk from around the world. David, welcome. Thanks, Scott. Had to call a special podcast on this week from all, because of all the exciting things happening in the surf world. And frankly, all of our podcasts are special, but I'm glad you made note of this one because we did do a podcast last week. We try to do them every two weeks and this is uh, the second week in a row. And we're broadcasting live from the greatest surf museum of all time. I know. I I could dare you to pull one of the books off of the shelf right now, flip it open, and we could spend a whole hour discussing the topics and context therein. We're in the library of the Surfing Heritage and Culture Center. I noticed they changed their main URL. It's now shack.org. It used to be surfingheritage.org. Shack for Surfing Heritage and Culture Center. S-H-A-C-C. Exactly. Shaq, yes. We went underwent a massive rebranding about five years ago. And that's um, what we came up with, Shaq. So we just kicked Adam out of the library, and he's cataloging all these VHS tapes. Did you know that the largest, uh, you know, the, the main medium that surf film slash video was released on is VHS for the last couple of decades. And a lot of those have not been reprinted as DVDs or even converted to digital. So this huge library of things is only on this obsolete medium. So uh, Adam is, you know, his job is to archive that stuff, convert it. There's issues, of course, with licensing that you got to clear and all that sort of stuff. So it's a huge undertaking, but that's among the good work that the Surfing Heritage and Culture Center does. Well, good point. You're right. They do a lot of good stuff, and Adam's got a big job ahead of him. And um, yeah, some of those some of those titles perhaps shouldn't be re- <laughs> <laughs> reproduced on more high-quality digital. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but they also, the museum also has a gallery where they do recurring or not recurring um uh exhibits yeah one-off exhibits one-off exhibits yeah there's one coming so, up on rennie Ader, actually yeah i think it starts in may i also noticed um their california the state of california is offering a new driver's license that is modeled after the endless summer it's basically that same iconic kind of silhouette of the, obviously. The it's a license surfers. plate. Yeah, not a lot driver's license, but oh. the license plate. Yeah. Okay, right. So California driver's, I'm sorry, license plate branded kind of with the Endless Summer icon logo. And the proceeds for that plate, you pay a you know premium for that plate, but the proceeds actually go to Surfing Heritage and Culture Center. Yeah. So there you go. Are you rushing to get one? Surfplate.com. No, but all our listeners should. They should, absolutely. I don't, I mean, if you, I'm not wearing surf clothes. I don't have any surf stickers on my vehicle. I try to keep a low pro. Yes. You know, popular podcaster in Southern California. I don't want all the fans attacking me. Right, and there's paparazzi lurking. You got to watch out for that stuff. It's true. Um, I've got a gift for you, Scott. Oh my, I'm so excited to share. I love this. And this isn't from some sponsor of the show or anything like that. This is actually from me to you. No way. (laughs) This is so rad. 
So David had these, I guess these are bumper stickers, right? Just stickers, stickers in general. That say, surfers are the worst, which has become the new sort of catchphrase for our show because it's so true. Surfers are the worst. There you go. And there uh, must be a hundred stickers here. I forget. Are these the really all for me? Because I, I have twice the amount. So I have my own portion. Okay. And I'm stack. just to hand these out? Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. No, dude. Pass them out. Surfers are the worst. Spitpodcast.com. Guess who's going to get is. one of these? Everybody that walks through the door at the boardroom. Is yeah. Gonna, I'm going to hand them a wristband, a Joe Roper's ding repair card, and this bumper Perfect. sticker. I'll have them in my booth too. Um, I was going to actually put that in quotes with your name as the credit because you are, that is your saying, but I also didn't really want to throw you under the bus if it was. I don't mind the quote. I just don't want my name on anything. Like I'm kind of, it's kind of like goes along with your bumper stickers on cars and like, I just, but surfers are the worst. Why? Why are they the worst? (laughs) Because they're self-centered. They're egotistical. They're. Their whole persona is run on sort of a sham, a Travis sham mockery, if you will. A combination of a travesty, a sham, and a mockery all in one. We need Travis sham mockery stickers too. (laughs) To come back. And, you know, look, there's a lot of good surfers. But in general, um, we're selfish, self-centered, egotistical assholes. (sighs) Hate to admit it, but you've convinced me of that over over the years. I mean, it's pretty self-evident. No, I mean you and your personality. Oh, right. <laughs> well, that's exactly true, actually. I'm trying to mature. I was speaking with Barry Snyder on the phone today, and we were talking about how, yeah, we might be older than most, and we are still trying to mature from our 15-year-old state. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, is Barry coming to the boardroom? Yeah, Barry's going to have a board in the best in show, oh, and Barry nice. will be at the boardroom. I like Barry. I um, do, too. Check this sticker out, too. What do you got? This one's for you. <laughs> Is this the chop hop or what's going on here? That is the chop hop, a is, silhouette of the chop. Is hop. this you? That's me. And <laughs> you've done this well. Joke, these are dude. great. How many of these do you have? Um, I think a thousand of those. I forget the quantity. Who makes your stickers? Okay. That's a great question. The, a listener of the show reached out and he was like, Hey dude, huge fan of the show. I would like to support by donating uh, a run of stickers for you. And I was like, well, that's perfect because the boardroom show's coming up and I've been wanting to do stickers, but I just never, I haven't gotten around to it. So that's a deadline for us. So he donated a stack. And then I was like, in addition, I'll buy a stack of those surfers are the worst ones. Um, anybody who wants stickers in Southern California, it's legit. It was half the price of wherever I've ordered stickers from in the past for other businesses. And they're obviously great quality. He's done stuff with all sorts of surf brands. So if you're in Southern I California- I need a sticker, which is why I asked you. I'll, I'll direct you. Yeah. I'll send you his information. I want a boardroom sticker. I just picked him up on my way here mm-hmm. and we had a, a long chat and one of the, just kind of as a detour in the conversation about stickers, he mentioned to me that he deleted his Instagram account a while ago. And I was like, man, tell me about that. Good for you, right? I know. Tell me about it. How yeah. is it? And he goes, dude, it's the best thing. For He's sure. like, not only- Am I more productive? I'm making more money. I have more time for the family. I have less anxiety in my life. He's like, it's been the best decision I've made in a long time. Good for him. Yeah. I've wanted to be digital free for a while. And I'm envious of people that are. And obviously, for business reasons, I I sort of can't be. You know, I mean, there's a lot of good that does come out of Instagram and social media and stuff. But there's also a lot of bad. Totally. He must have a liberating sense about him now that he's... 
you know, Instagram free. You could do it. I feel like you could run the boardroom show, but um, Instagram at boardroom show, but post what you want, but not really get not scroll maybe or not get yeah, too involved. That's the because I notice you post family related stuff well, on I've, there. I've as stopped well. doing that. You have, yeah. Okay. At the advice because I, I you know I sat down with a business coach and he was like you know everybody it's funny. People are like, dude, you've got so much potential <laughs> with the boardroom show. And you've said this. And I'm like, yeah, but, you know, I like to go surfing and play golf. <laughs> you know. But so anyway, I sat down with a business coach and they're like, first thing you need to do is get rid of any personal stuff. Have your own personal yeah. Instagram account. Right. So I've moved away from personal stuff on Instagram. And the second thing they had me do was download this app called Later. Have you seen this? No. It's a scheduling app. Okay. It's pretty powerful. Is it? Yeah. So I'll, I can sit down for an hour and schedule out three weeks of Instagram posts with captions and hashtags, all of it, and just walk away and be good for three weeks. And it automatically Automatically them? posts them. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty cool. Later.com. Is it just for Instagram or is it all social? Does it do Facebook? I think it might do other social things too, but okay. I just use it for Instagram. And they're pretty tied in with Instagram. Like they're, they're hip when Instagram changes its algorithms for right. stuff. They're... They're very connected at the hip with what's happening with social media. Like it's right. a, it's a pretty cool thing. So I additionally have a personal Instagram account and that's the one I've thought about mixing for those reasons that Chris, mixing, the stupid yeah. dude told me. Um, because I do find myself, not only do I scroll at first thing in the morning and last thing at night, which is probably a terrible idea. Horrible. I've got something I'm going to tell you about later. But go. Okay. But then I find that it only generates anxiety. I see where somebody else surfed today and it's better than where I surfed. And I'm like, shoot, I made the wrong call. I should have surfed there instead. Then I see who's traveling where in the world or who's eating what and who's doing. And it's just, it's all anxiety, you know? And I live a great life. I have an enviable lifestyle actually on a day-to-day basis for sure. And um, I find myself comparing and then it creates anxiety and it's just bad. You know, it's just, I'm not getting the benefit out of it. And even the joy that I was getting out of it a year ago, even. Yeah, Instagram, <clears throat> excuse me, it it creates this thing where I feel bad inside based on what I'm seeing outside. And that is a horrible place to be. You can never be there. That's just wrong. Yeah. It's a, it's a weird time we're living in. It is. I mean, it really is. You want to know what's really weird? What? Tomorrow, I'm doing a dance with my daughter. We have like this debutante, father-daughter debutante ball. Wow. And a tuxedo and the whole deal. Wow. And I have to do the wobble, which is this like jump out, dance. I'm doing dance moves. And I am so not a, Like my idea of dancing is air guitar, you know? Like I can just kind of go <laughs> on the dance floor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, so I'm That's kind the of, ultimate dad move, by the way. It is. <laughs> The air guitar. But um, it's all about my daughter, so we're going to do the wobble. How old is she? 17. And you've been practicing the wobble? We had a practice session. We were doing a foxtrot, and we... Well, the wobble... I mean, you can Google it right now on YouTube. You can look up how to do the wobble. There's a million guys that will teach you how to do it. I could stand here and do it for you if you wanted to see how I'm not concerned that there's not enough tutorials for you. I'm concerned that you (laughs) haven't actually put in the time required. (laughs) Well, the wobble's kind of freeform. I mean, I know the basics of it, right? And at some point, you have to get rhythm, and that's going to take more than a few. That's going to take years, if at all. So how much is learning dance like surfing? You have to learn these fundamentals, but then you're right. You let kind of freeform flow take over. Yeah, it probably is real similar, actually. I've never gotten past the fundamentals, so I'm like that 
kook that you know has a really wide stance and the leash on the front leg and all of that okay here's a question at the dance is it just going to be a big group of people all dancing at fathers once? and daughters or are you going to get an allocated no two minutes and you got to go do it in front of everybody no well all it'll be like 30 couples fathers and daughters and we're all together doing Perfect. it together you're yeah. fine then yeah you'll just blend in with all the other that's what i'm hoping yeah Anyway. Well, dude, you just endeared yourself to our entire audience. Anybody who ever had any negative feelings about you now loves you because you're dancing with your daughter. Oh, well, look, any father would do that, right? No, there's plenty that don't. Hmm. I had this, I had this, uh, I'm going to alienate some listeners myself right now. (laughs) I had this theory for a long time. (laughs) Yes. Where I was like, I told, and I shared it in mixed company. I was like, look, (laughs) there is a very, very strong inverse correlation between the quality of father somebody is and having their daughter's name tattooed on their body. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Right? Right. Just like if you have her name tattooed, you're not a great dad. Odds are. Odds are. Wow. Right? And it's a joke, but it's – I was – I said it in mixed company and this one girl like looks at me and she's just like, my dad has my name tattooed on on his body. I'm like, oh. All right, that's cool. I'm sure you guys have a great relationship. Like, that's fine. It got really awkward. Come to find out she hasn't seen her dad in like 15 years, all this. But she was like defending that he is a great dad. And I'm like, but how long has it been? Uh, Okay, all right. I'm just going to back off of this. I've got no skin in this game. I was making a joke. It was a dumb joke. But right. Uh, anyways, that I, I think awesome. that theory has some validity, just for the record. I think it might. I, it's, I, it's an interesting one. I was keeping a spreadsheet, running the numbers on it for a while, but I've it's gotten out of date. All right. Anyway. Fair enough. Anyway, Scott, what's the reason we called this special podcast? Well, the reason is, is that the WSL canceled the last part of the Australian leg there at Margaret River, and I was like, dude, we this is pretty – there's a lot to unpack. It's huge. A lot of implications. First of all, there's no precedent for this ever in the past, right? I mean, we did it at J Bay, obviously, where there was an actual attack in the final uh, or incident. But has this ever happened before? I mean, they finished the event at J Bay, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, they didn't? They canceled, and then the next year, Mick came back and won. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Um, excuse me while I burp. Um, I thought the best way to to start this off and I hope this is okay with you, but there's a guy named long Tom on yeah. beach grit. Is that Steve Shearer? It is. Okay. This guy's a great of course. writer. It's incre- yeah. yeah. And everyone knows that. I just wasn't sure, but I thought I would read what he wrote because if that's okay with you, I haven't read it. So it's really read it. good. So this is not me. I want to make sure that this is clear. This is a guy who's an incredible writer, which would count me out. His name's Steve Shearer. Yeah. So um, bear with me here. I'm going to read what he wrote on beach. Take grit. your time. What an absolute fine little mess the Australian leg ended in. The best of times and the worst of times, question mark. Too early to tell, but if you're in the audience growth mode, the media coverage has been, as they say, total and global. Problem is, of course, saturation media coverage for calling off the comp due to unacceptable risk of shark attack doesn't gel too well with the WA government's stated reason to back the event. For this year's breathless press re- presser released by the tourism minister, Paul Paplia, he states, tens of thousands of spectators are expected to watch the 2018 Margaret River Pro at the world-class facilities at Surfers Point and millions of viewers via global broadcast showcasing the stunning region to the world, end quote. Well, you got the showcase all right, Polly. 
A stoner from Denmark showcased what a direct strike from a white shark looks like and didn't even break a sweat. You can bet that played well on Frank Gallagher's big screen in Manchester, England. Oi, fuck that WA shit, love. Fucking sharks eating people on the fucking beach. Let's go back to Lanzarote. Sorry. That was my no, it's solid. You can't blame Sophie for swerving first in a game of international chicken with the world's most ferocious clickbait generator. Maybe she knew, maybe she was told there was no good outcome, no acceptable optics, no happy ending. Polly didn't sound so chuffed this morning after the cancellation, especially after he moved heaven and earth to tow the whale off the beach and bring in the heavy reinforcements in the form of a 20-meter fisheries vessel from the local islands, a 12-hour steam away, with a pretty nice fuel bill, by the way, to back up the WSL, or as well as provide backup staff and constant aerial surveillance. He was pretty keen to let it be known it wasn't the state government who blinked first. But you can't blame Sophie. Oh, said that already. Where am I? I lost my place here. The forecast was dire. A frothing pack of international media who would have seen Margaret set up like the Battle of the Coral Sea. Helicopters, vessels circling, skis everywhere. Each journalist praying in her blackest heart of hearts that the unthinkable might happen in real time on live broadcast. What a story that would be. It would likely, as Gabe Medina said today, finish the sport. Sophie would have to fall on her sword immediately. KP, Kiernan Perro, too. Probably the whole management team would be gone. Nope, she had to bomb the village to save it. Margaret's is gone. But it was probably gone already. Oh, they'll honor the contract for the next year. Sands Medina, who's already said... He is never coming back. And Sans Italo, too, and probably a sizable part of the Brazilian contingent, which is half of the WCT. It won't be a good look trying to promote tourism in the region when half the surfers on tour refuse to show and the dream of using pro surfing as a locomotive to pull the wagon of tourism promotion will be gone for good. Only question is whether the contagion will spread to other Australian events. Bells is solid. Snapper looks shaky. The Margaret River Pro will not only deliver significant national and international media coverage of the state throughout the global broadcast, it will also inject millions into the economy by attracting visitors to the state. Pooey, ashes in the wind now. Foxy liberal shadow minister for tourism Libby Metum said, the damage of today's cancellation to our economy and reputation will take years to build. She called the cancellation of the event a disaster for WA tourism. Not even Joe Turpel could spin fairy floss out of that lump of turd, although I would love to see him give it the old college try. <laughs> Terrible irony is we are all ghoulish. We do crave blood and the thought of wild animals tearing us apart thrills like no other concept. Why can't we just admit it to borrow the chorus of tools vicarious? We won't give pause until the blood is flowing. That would give pro surfing the audience it craves. There's already proof of concept. It would take a very, very brave CEO to move in that direction, though. And now Sophie has blinked once and put surfer safety as non-negotiable. It's going to make 
backing pro surfing at any shark hotspot a very risky commercial decision. What suits call sovereign risk will now weigh on the sport. Don't it feel weird? We're halfway down the rabbit hole to Sophie's beloved wave systems future, and Mother Nature is kicking us up the arse to, give their, to get there quicker. Maybe that is what has felt so strange about this Aussie leg. It's like the future is huffing and puffing to blow the house down, and everyone, surfers, judges, fans, seem caught in a kind of future shock. No one seems to know what to do. Kelly Slater said the contest should have gone on, but he himself described a moment of existential panic when he first spied his wave pool dishing up perfect waves. Quote, in some weird sense, this is like a nuclear bomb. Is this something we shouldn't have? He has created the conditions where a viable alternative to the ocean now exists, where an unthinkable option to turn away from the ocean like the WSL took today is feasible and even makes a kind of strategic sense. I was going to offer some analysis of the Aussie leg as a whole, but it seems pointless. Italo was the form surfer and he wears the yellow jersey and so there is that. John has been mugged by reality and is caught by caught in a world of weird that no one in Team Florence would have anticipated in their worst nightmares. The rest seem like a bag of marbles flung across the floor. All you can say is that where they are now is not where they will be at the end of the year. You could say the same thing about pro surfing. Wow. Steve Shearer, I hope I did him justice by reading that. So well, much to kind of digest here. Um, the implications of the or the thought of the WSL canceling the event kind of with ulterior motives of like a bad forecast and, you know, other things, not just being concerned that somebody will actually get chomped by a shark. Um that's, I think, an interesting point. That's something that I would love to get to the bottom of. And the way we can answer that is just, do you think they were justified? Do you think there was enough threat looming in the ocean for them to cancel the event? Like, if you actually think somebody's going to get bitten by a shark or eat worse, eaten by a shark, then you have to cancel the event, period. And it doesn't matter if maybe there are benefactors, maybe some people lose. None of that matters. You have to prevent your athletes from getting killed, first and foremost, right? So was that threat present enough to cancel the event and ask it a different way was it more present than it's ever been in the past because that's the real question here is as it's become as the wsls become more corporate they're going to have to mitigate more risk or mitigate risk to a greater extent than they did in the past so was this threat always the same in the past and the only bar that's shifted is the corporate risk mitigation well, I do believe that that the great the risk was way greater than in the past. You I think if you look at the landscape, there was a dead whale carcass, which is going to obviously draw sharks to the region. There was two shark attacks within the, a day. There was the John John Florence video of them seeing a big splash out the back and then putting their drone in the air and seeing two great whites in the lineup. And... Um, and I think that if you send your surfers out into that situation and they get eaten, that's the end of pro surfing. That's it. That's true no matter what. And so what. that's what they – well, no, I don't think so. I think if you are at J-Bay and just randomly a great white attacks, you, you, you chalk it up for, oh, yeah, by the way, we're in the ocean. Everyone gets it. This can happen. But when you put all of that other stuff into the landscape – and I think there were some other stories too. Um, 
There was salmon, other reasons. Salmon run. Salmon run. Yeah, there was other reasons that it was just like hyper um, sharky. Let's take them one by one. The whale. Yeah. Is that has that not happened in a long period of time? Is that an uncommon occurrence? I would assume it's not a daily occurrence, but does it happen? You know with a certain level of frequency or was this in the normal pattern? I couldn't answer that. Okay. But I don't think that matters. I think it does. Well, I mean, I guess what you're saying is if there's a dead whale on the beach, do we cancel all, all contests based or, on, or if based this on is, the precedent, if this happens set. every five years and it, and this is on schedule, then the, the threat hasn't shifted. This threat was always there before. You know what I mean? Those two shark attacks happening in one day how often are there shark attacks in West Oz? Was this it's a higher pretty, incident? It's pretty sharky. Right. People, people have been mauled to death in, in the, 2002, I believe. And and way, it's recently, people get... It's well Western known Oz for, is sharky, but you know that going in. I mean, you know exactly. that scheduling. So that's my point. Is But this did, was heightened, though. This was more acute. This was... Because the WSL's tolerance is lower, though, or because there's more incidences? Well, because... It's one thing to go, okay, we're, we know it's Sharky WA. Let's run the event and just hope for the best. It's another thing to go, okay, let's run a, an event. We know WA is Sharky. Oh, by the way, there's a dead whale carcass. There's been wh- there's been shark sightings and two people have been attacked in a day. There's always shark sightings, firstly. Like the, the incident with John John. I'm just, ta- I'm just saying all together, all of these you things knew, together. My, my question is, didn't we know this going in or is this a special circumstance? Uh, did we know there was a dead whale carcass on the beach? I don't know. They, did we know that that happens in the area with regular a certain amount of regularity? Was this within the realm of? Are regularity? you saying that that happens every five month years? I, I'm or? asking if oh, it does. I don't know. I'm not sure. And because the the John John Florence drone footage thing where the shark jumps out the back, I think that's a pretty regular occurrence there. Catching yeah. it on drone footage isn't, and that's right. what made it interesting to you and I. Right. But I have a feeling if you ask the locals, they go, "Oh yeah, that happens all the time." Yeah. The shark attacks. I heard Kale Walsh. I think he was interviewed on Stab. Uh, he said the second attack where the guy um, was able to walk up the beach after it happened, it wasn't yeah. life-threatening. I saw the video of it today, by the way. Yeah. I heard Kale Walsh say that guy shouldn't have surfed there. The beach was already closed exactly. because of shark sightings, exactly. and he still paddled out there. So that attack, that I think closing that beach, seeing the sighting closing, closing the beach, falls in the realm of normal behavior in the area. Him paddling out and getting attacked <clears throat> falls into the realm of not normal, but he shouldn't have done it. Yeah, but you have to look at this through the eyes of Sophie Goldschmidt, which is all of these things have happened. There's Everyone's talking about sharks. <coughs> Italo's saying stuff. And am I willing to put my the WSL, which I'm the steward of, and my job, which I'm sure she didn't care too much about. I mean, I'm sure she put herself, you know, not. So am I going to put the sport of which I'm the steward? Um, and this could This could ruin the whole thing. Like this could, this could be the end of it if we just go screw all the signs that we've seen. Yeah, it's sharky, but we've had two shark attacks. And, you know, are, are you if you're the CEO, are you willing to go? You know what? Let's keep on going, knowing that you could ruin pro surfing. I'm assuming that's what she was thinking. I mean, and that's what Steve basically said. It's like you've got to. What did he say? You've got to burn the village to save the village, or something like that. Was his line? Let me see yeah. if I can find that. No, I don't want to be in that. She had to bomb the village to save it. Well, she basically bombed the village to save the bigger village, the uh, the concept of pro surfing. At the expense of this is 
a risk that we've always had in our lives that you're never going to be able to prevent against completely unless you start doing all your events in a wave pool. And so you are now no longer running a surf contest. Like if you're going to try to protect against all these things to the extent of canceling the event, when, then, when, then you're do, no you, longer, when do you cancel an event? If, um, if this isn't enough for you, what, what, what do you need? I mean, do you need an attack on one of your pros? So that was definitely justifiable at J Bay. Yes, you cancel in that circumstance. But I think so until a pro surfer. No, gets. no. I think in between the answer to your question and that is what happened the following year at J Bay, which you put all these safety measures into place. We have drones uh, scouring the lineup looking for sharks. We have guys on skis out looking for sharks. We have all these spotters so that if one comes into the area, we'll put the event on hold, which is what they did at J Bay. And so now I'm looking back at that going, well, isn't that adequate measure that you could do? And if it is, then just do it here. If it wasn't adequate. Well, what if you do that and some of your surfers go on Instagram and say, I'm not surfing, which is what happened. Yeah, that's fine. They don't have to surf. Kelly Slater doesn't surf Rio for the last few years. Because he he has his own. It doesn't matter. Point is, the surfers don't have to surf it. That's on them. But, But guess what? Somebody will win the event and get the points that accumulate towards the world title. Maybe they should double the points <laughs> <laughs> for the added risk. Yeah. Okay. Well, so, I'm just playing devil's advocate, and trying so to look I. at it from Sophie's standpoint. But my, so I think that's fair to do. Because the, the question that Steve Shear is asking and that we're all wondering is, is Sophie's viewpoint now so corporate that it's disconnected from the surfer's viewpoint? That's the real question. I don't know. It's interesting. I think a majority of the surfers were sort of glad. I think it was 50-50. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. What we do know is that what's very clear by her own words is that athlete safety comes first. And I know where you're going. And I get it too. Believe me, I'm rolling my eyes. I'm kind of like, this is surfing. You know, like, um, and I also asked myself, if it was really good at Surfer's Point at Margaret River and I was there during all this, would I paddle out and go surfing? Like just me, would I Would I be like, ah, oh, you know what? There's sharks in the water everywhere. I don't care if there was an attack down the beach. I'm going to go surfing. And if the waves are good enough, usually the answer is yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll the dice. So where I live, we've had shark sightings in the last couple of years more than ever before. And I will surf the following day. There's in a specific spot. It's like on the news. There's a shark there today. Tomorrow the waves are good. I'll surf there tomorrow. And I have in the past. Because it. I assume the shark was always there. Or over the years, there's been sharks there. The news cameras didn't catch it previously. And it's not created a threat. Um, well, then there's the whole WA thing. Like, are they going back to Margaret River next year? That So that, again, huge implications now. I mean, and you can tell the people in Western Oz, the tr- tourism board, they're just pissed. They're just like, we're not going to ever recover from this. There's no amount of Barton Lynch walking through a winery telling us how great it is that's going to help this yeah. from a tourism standpoint. Like Steve Shearer said, fuck that, mate. <laughs> yeah. We're going to go to Canary Islands instead, you know? Right. But, well, if you look at extreme examples of it, Reunion Island being probably the most extreme. Yeah. Um, where they've had like absolutely unusually high attacks in the last few years. Yeah. It was always pretty sharky. Now it's in, you can't even go in the water. Yeah. Um, yes, it is hugely devastating to the economy, to tourism. I would not go surf there. 
personally, I have no interest in going there now, but I still have an interest in going to WA. Nothing I saw from this span of time made me not want to go there. And I, I would be curious how many local surfers paddled out the following day. I mean, the waves were terrible the, the last couple of days, but I don't think any of the locals are dissuaded by it from what I've read from the locals who are commenting on this stuff. Do you think that the WSL reaches out to the tourism board there and just basically says, you guys, should we just tear this piece, this contract up and just, you know, we did the damage and we don't want it. It's almost kind of like you're dragging them through it again. If you run the event there next year, you know, it's like, you can't not talk about it. The broadcast team, everyone's going to be talking about it. Do you just go, you know, what's best for WA tourism is that we just pay you some sort of buyout money and we just forget this event ever happened and we go to bells and then we go somewhere else. Right. Or do you, cause because, I mean, if the damage has been done now, it seems like there would only be more damage done to WA Tourism if you have the event again next year and you bring all this up again. Yeah. Or for the WSL to say, we were so threatened by this presence in 2018 that it wasn't worth proceeding. But we'll be back in 2019 and do the event again. That almost puts you at more risk. Acknowledging well, all of the threat and then diving back in. That's actually another super important thing that's not really touched on here, but the legal, the legalities of all this, mm -hmm. the, um, you know, how, what's the legal term I'm looking for when you're, when there's risk, Li what liability? Yeah, but there's a better one. But anyway, yeah, liability, you're going to be liable. You're open, you know, you're, you've, you've created a situation where you're in, you could be in deep, deep, deep trouble. Like mm. it could, that could sink. And I really think that's what drove this decision. When you think about super smart CEOs with their legal counsel, with everyone around them, and they're going, let's pull the plug. And you and I are both, and most surfers are like, really, they should have just ran this thing. It would have been good for WA tourism. They had plenty of boats. They had plenty of stuff. They were ready to, you know, they had contingency and they were ready to implement it. And it was there. They brought a huge vessel. They had drones. They had everything that they had at J-Bay ready to go. And for whatever reason, they said, nope, we're out. This, And I believe, and I'm just total, you know, me going off into Scotland. Think about Sophie with her legal counsel. And they're going, Sophie, we're going to be liable. If something bad happens, this could, this is what would take down the WSL. The fiscal impact of a lawsuit by 36 surfers in a class action lawsuit or whatever it is, you know, like I don't even know which way the legal part of it would go. That could be one of the but options. It, yeah. There's many, yeah. believe me, there's many, and I'm sure they have business insurance, but, but to the level. So, so is the, was the decision actually made right? Not for the safety of the surfers, but on a much more corporate level that yep. legally, fiscally, if you really want to ruin the WSL, Sophie run this event, our advice to you as your legal counsel is pull the plug on it right now. So that's what you and I, that's what you and I matters most Conspiracy. to you and I as surfers and people who want to actually watch a pro surfing contest is those that legal counsel are likely not surfers. Oh, hell no. Right. So it's like the question of has the WSL gotten so corporate that they're completely disconnected from the core surf community well, Sophie's already a stretch. She's pretty disconnected because as far as I know, she's not a surfer. She didn't come from surfing, right? But I actually she, think she did surf. But she's beholden to 
all these people in the company who do come from our culture. Yeah. And so she's going to try to make the right decisions. Well, now in this one scenario, she's beholden to all this legal counsel. And by the way, legal will always tell you to err on the side of caution. Oh, for sure. Even if there's zero caution, for sure. they'll go, let's talk for 10 hours about how much caution there is. And here's the bill at the end of it, you know? Right. So they're always going to side on don't send the surfers into sharky water. The surfer... The most core, if you ask Jay Davies, if Jay Davies made the decision that day, he would have been like, oh, we're out there. Exactly. We're totally out there. Exactly. And the forecast looks crappy coming up, so let's run as many heats today as possible. Right. Sophie is not Jay Davies. And Sophie, I'm arguing, is almost as disconnected from Jay Davies as you can get. And then her ear is completely tied to the legal counsel, you know? And presumably, by the way, the, presumably, and the legal counsel, yeah, this is all conspiracy theory. <laughs> and the legal counsel is also going, oh, by the way, Sophie, you've got a perfect out here. You can just say yeah. WSL is all about athlete safety, which, by the way, they are. I'm sure that they are. I'm not saying that there's any. Of but course. It, but l- legally, you know, do you want to implode the WSL on your watch? So you've got to bomb the village to save the village. Except now we're in a village that we don't want to live in. Because it's corporate run, and we have to live by these rules that we've never had to live by before. Well, you're right. And it doesn't relate to me. This is no longer my village. What sort of precedent has been set here? How many sharks does it take to cancel an event? And why didn't you can't? See, the thing is now is that if if there's a shark sighting or, or there can be any whisper of a shark and you don't cancel the event, well, legally, you can get sued because you've already set a precedent that you're paranoid about surfer safety via a shark attack. Yeah. And so as an athlete, you can be like, I'm suing you because you, you know, you set precedent already. And how come you're not taking my safety into consideration? And I have PTSD now and anxiety and <laughs> no, seriously. No, I agree with you. Like, but it, I mean, I mean, isn't the whole thing kind of blown up? Of course. Where's yeah. the next stop that's in the ocean? <laughs> exactly. That's well, a weird thought. So, so that's one of the things I think Shira said maybe was, yeah, to eliminate sharky spots, well, now you eliminate Hawaii out of the equation. For sure. You eliminate Jeffrey's Bay out of the equation. Like, there's spots that are less sharky than others, but there's always there's sharks' presence present Everywhere. in almost every location on tour. I mean, all it's going to take is for some, like, C-level production worker for the WSL to go, oh, yeah, we surfed down the bay, and I think I saw a shark. Like, that's right. enough to go, oh, fuck. We got to cancel. Well, Scott, what about stingrays? What about jellyfish? Yeah. You know what I I mean? Like it can now trickle down to all these things. So didn't uh, the famous Australian guy died from a stingray? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Steve Irwin. Irwin. Yeah. When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. And there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn jobs. Your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 
2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInjobs.com slash surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. That's LinkedInjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Um, well, so, certainly a can of worms. I well, think it would have been smoother if they just did the went with the event and rolled the dice. Because, I mean... <laughs> Let's play that through. Let's say they they did the event. Somebody got attacked. They didn't die. They got attacked, but we've got a winner. <laughs> we have a winner and we have a victim, right? A survivor. A survivor. Okay, ratings go through the roof. That's insane. And I hate to be <laughs> such a skeptic about, or a cynic. But does the guy who got attacked... Can he sue? And the answer is yes, but would he? Would the peer pressure, all the surfers in the world would be pointing at him going, you pussy, he you know what you're in for look. when you paddle out here. There's sharks out here, and if you're going to sue our sport, you're screwed. And now they've got the exact opposite. They've got everyone pointing the finger at Sophie and going, you wimp. Right. There's, we all know there's sharks out here. You knew it. This is part of our sport, and now we're screwed. And which way do you want that coming? Do you want that coming from all the surfers down on the one guy who decided to, you know, Whoever it was, number 32 on the world tour who decided to sue the WSL. Definitely nobody should ever sue. I mean, that about stuff like this, don't sue. Like Mick Fanning got attacked, right? I would argue his profile increased exponentially based on that attack. That attack was seen everywhere on every media outlet. And he had already done a phenomenal job building his resume by winning three world titles and blah, 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 blah. But that boosted everything and it elevated surfing as a whole. You know what I mean? So you should be able to, if you survive that attack in this hypothetical scenario, you should be able to leverage that to benefit right. your career, your profile. But even if you couldn't, I'm just, I'm arguing that the peer pressure that you would feel from the entire surf world pointing at you and going, dude, it's the ocean. There's sharks. We're sorry you got attacked, you can't sue, but you dude. can't sue the you WSL. But and obviously, as I just stated, the flip side of that is now we're all pointing at the WSL and going, "Dude, don't you know there's sharks out here? You can't pull out of the event." Yeah, that's the thing. It's not the WSL's responsibility. Once you agree to do this thing, it's not the WSL's responsibility. It's like suing the UFC because you got a black eye or something. Exactly. You know what I mean? So I think there probably is, by the way, a contract that the surfers sign saying they won't sue about injuries that happen in the ocean when they're doing this event. I'm sure there is. Sure There's there got is. to be. And so, so why? Yeah. I mean, right? so, so at that point, in theory, they're covered. The they're WSL covered. And covered. they've got all the contingency boats and all the drones yes. and all the shark stuff and blah, blah, blah. And they'll Correct. Put, They'll put the shark stickers on everyone's board, like all of that. You can put all of the stuff. Yeah. And you're good. So you're covered. You're and good. And then at that point, if Gabriel Medina decides that he's not going to surf the event, then, then he, that's on him. Then he's a wimp. Is that what Medina said, by the way? I mean, I know I just read that. It, I didn't read that. I don't follow Medina's Instagram. I'm, I don't read Portuguese. Medina so. said he's not coming back to Margaret. That's Turbo. what Shearer said. Rad. So. Um, you mean you don't speak Portuguese? <laughs> <laughs> so I think that, again, Kelly Slater has opted out of Fiji, or not Fiji, Rio, for the most part, for the last five plus years. Yeah, yeah. And that's fine. He's yeah. like, all right, it is what it is. I'll yeah, take the loss. Yeah, it's a throwaway, yeah. Take the W, or the, 
the L. Um, so I'm fine with that if Gabriel Medina wants to make that decision. No big deal. Now, here's another question, Scott. Mm-hmm. Was the was the terrible forecast in the remaining period of the waiting window one of the reasons why the WSL pulled out? No. If the forecast was A plus perfect waves, would they have canceled? I think she would have because I think that this came from legal counsel. That's the only that's the only thing I can think of based on what we've just discussed. That they had all the contingency boats, they had everything. All the surfers know what they're getting into. It's the friggin' ocean, they're sharks. It's unfortunate. But none of our people got hit. We no one saw sharks at Margaret's River at Surfers Point. No. And this was like three kilometers away, which is what, like a mile and a half or something? Which to the average person, to somebody who doesn't spend time in the ocean, that sounds like neg- negligible. Like there's if there's a shark a mile and a half away, I'm staying out of the ocean. But in reality, they're transient. They're, they're all around. Yeah, exactly. But they're all around all the time. Like, yeah, right. That's far enough away to be able to enter this place. Yeah. Until you see it in the water. And, and cross and your hope. fingers. Yeah, but that's what we do. Oh, we it do. sounds ridiculous, no, but that's totally, what we do. Absolutely. I've told you I've told you, and I've told people, you know, I do interviews once in a while. Somebody go, oh, you know, some average Joe who doesn't know anything about surfing will call me and go, what is it about surfing? You know, yeah. and it's like, oh God, I hate this question. But let me tell you, part of the reason that, David, when you get out of the water, you're like, God, I'm so glad I went surfing. I feel really good. And of course, part of it is, you got exercise, you know, your your serotonin was released in your brain because of the exercise. You experienced certainly a state of nature, which some could consider spiritual, whatever. I'm not going to throw any dogma on it, but it feels good to be in the ocean just because you're outside and you're in, in touch with it. So we've got, you know, exercise. We've got you're being outside, right? There's These are real reasons why you feel so good when you get out of the water. A subconscious reason is you friggin' survived. Yeah, you're you, out Because you and I both know that when we go in, we are now in a food chain. Yep. We are, can easily get attacked, and yep. it happens. And subconsciously, when you come in, you're kind of stoked because yep. I survived. Not only the waves beating me up and the dudes in the water giving me surfers of the worst stink eye, but I survived. There weren't any sharks or there weren't any jellyfish. or there weren't, You know, I survived. And you survived. It's a subconscious thing, but I think that's yeah. part of it. Yeah, I completely agree. I had a long email diatribe with a listener recently with that exact thing where he was arguing that the wave pool you know is never going to provide the same experience for that reason which is absolutely i have to work i have to wake up early i have to survive the cold i have to do this exercise this athletic thing that not everybody can do and then actually compete with the ocean itself and hope to get a wave and then once i get that wave i have to have all the ability to be able to perform on that wave and not only do I have to fight to be into that position, I've been fighting 20 years to put myself into the position now to even be into this position. So it's all of that buildup of working for something. It's the exact same thing as hitting the gym and seeing results at the end of it. You had to work for it, and then you become the benefactor of the reward. So he was in that example, he was arguing like the wave pool, you just show up and blow up, and that's no fun. Uh, even if you get the most perfect wave, you didn't have to do all of those other things for it. So yes, I agree with you. That is also factored into what you're talking about. Well, there's so many little things that come off of this story. You know, it's just yeah. amazing. Oh, let me also focus real quick 
we keep saying Sophie's ear is being bent by the legal counsel. The way that the WSL tells it is actually that the commissioners have a lot to do, and they actually call the surfers in for these meetings as well. Um, I'm sure there's private meetings, public meetings, and every version in between, but we're claiming that these non-surf cultured uh, legal counsel are the ones making decisions. It very well could be that the very surf cultured Kieran Perot and Jesse Miley Dyer are also in with that meeting. Oh, I, I'm sure they are. I'm sure that, you know, it's, it's such a weird thing. So, so I guess my case, question to you is we've heard from at least two surfers that are like, I'm glad they, they called it off Italo and Medina. Right. Are there surfers, and have you heard from yes. surfers on tour that have said, this is lame, we should be running this event? And yes. is that out there? Because that's important to yes. know. Okay, Kale Walsh, the local wild card that made it into the event. He barely counts because... How does he barely count? Because he's not on tour full-time. Like He I'd can say, say whatever he wants to say and not have any repercussions. Okay, that's a fair point, but he also actually has more validity and weight because he's from the area. Yeah, but so he knows it's his only the, chance to do well on the CT. He wants an event to run. It's his only chance as a 16-year-old, but he's going to have a lot more chances in the future. I agree with you. There's that factoring his, into his decision. And also, you happen to be uh, particularly risk taking when you're yeah. when, not averse no, no you're not averse. averse you're you, you you're take risk risk blind you're, you're blinded yeah there's no you don't know the implications exactly. of what you're doing when you're, you're 16. Uh, what's that cerebral cortex hasn't fully formed until you're 25 right, right so you're right he's going to take extra risk but i would also argue he knows the patterns of the area probably better than all the pro surfers that are traveling yeah. throughout the year so it, it does have some weight. I, mm. I did see other people saying Kelly sure said Kelly himself said they should have ran the event. Yeah. Uh, Jordy Smith surfed when those attacks were happening by himself out there. You know, like it doesn't you know. doesn't it must be really chapped their hide that Kelly's like, why didn't they run it? As he's sitting in his wave pool, you know, <laughs> two thousand miles or no, like it's 5, not even that. It's like you would hope that the company line would be followed. You know, like Kieran's like, oh yeah, for the safety, you know, search. Safety of the surfers. We decided not to run it. And then there's Kelly like, oh, they should have ran it. You yeah. know? And I'm sure Sophie's going, great. Thanks, Thanks a lot. Kelly. By the way, we're coming to your wave pool in two weeks. Jeez, that's real helpful. Okay, so let me ask you this. If KP, we're, you and I are questioning whether the circumstances warranted the cancellation. If Kieran Perot and Jesse Miley Dyer both, which I don't know that they did, but let's assume, if they both thought that those circumstances warranted the cancellation, do you agree with their decision now? No. Those two surfers who have been to that area for decades and surfed those areas looked around and goes, I'm spooked. I would not go out there and I would not send my athletes. Does that add a new weight and validity for you? Uh, well, it kind of does, but I don't think that's how they really felt in their heart of hearts. But if it was? If it was, if they were spooked, but they wouldn't be spooked based on what occurred. But we don't know that. You'd have to ask KP and Jesse Miley Dyer. So let's say the WSL wasn't even in town. Those circumstances happen, and the box was going to be firing the next morning. Would KP paddle out? Yes. He would. Totally Absolutely. would. Absolutely. He By totally the way, would. Here's the ultimate litmus test. Were you blindsided when you heard this news? Yes. Everybody was. Yeah. That says it all. Every surfer in the world was like, what? Why? Yeah. And that says it all. That every, like, cause you, so you can't tell me that KP and all those surfers on tour, because they're just hardcore surfers like you and I, they were all just like, what? You got to be kidding me. All right, I guess I'll go pack my board bag. If the box was firing, I feel like KP... There's no doubt. ...would have been out there. He would have thrown caution to the wind and been out there. What caution? So now if the box was 
mushy and onshore and hardly not even breaking, of course he wouldn't have paddled out there. Yeah, the waves sucked. And so that's a question now. That the forecast I don't think the forecast had anything to do with it. But maybe it did. But I mean it hasn't in the past. Look, we want we want to give award some points to somebody and we want you know, like we're here no, to no, run no. competition. It's, it's a confluence of all these things. I know it hasn't happened in the past, but now with this extra factor of the shark attacks and the Did risk the that the bad forecast make the, this decision like go easier. to the tipping point easier. I it could have. I certainly could have, but yeah. I I got to think that as a pro surfing commissioner, you're like, look, we're here to run competitions. Sharks are always there, and waves often suck. So let's go. Put on the jersey, boys. You want points or don't you? Again. Oh, and by the way, we've got a lot of corporate people. We've got to please here, Sands lawyers. In other words, the WA, the sponsors, the, w, the tourism board for WA. We've got to make sure that they're taken care of here. Put on your jersey. Dead ahead, Fred Van, you know, Fred. Uh, right. Not Fred Van Dyke. Fred uh, Hemmings. So that is my point is the circum the bar of where is acceptable to kind of run the event hasn't actually shift the bar of the conditions and all that stuff hasn't shifted it's the wsl's risk willing risk taking willingness that's shifted that bar is now a higher bar to cross yeah and i mean as we mentioned earlier it's just it calls every event into question yes what is it going to take right. i now let me ask you this okay do you think that kp karen Perro agreed with this decision in his heart of hearts because my i that guy's a hard charger and I, I mean he would you know i so what do you think no i don't think that he agreed with it i totally agree with you i don't think he agreed with it I'm sure that he had to go with the company line. We're all in agreement here. Right. What's the vote? The vote's like four to one. Yeah. <laughs> Three lawyers, Sophie and KP voting against. I guess I guess um, the other thing that we have to consider is in that scenario I painted where KP paddles out at the box the following morning if it's pumping, right? We're, we both agree he would definitely paddle out. Absolutely. I I don't know if he would necessarily send 30 surfers out there. I think KP can make that risk for himself. He can assess the risk and decide that he wants to do it. I don't know that he would actually advocate other people doing it. Sure he would. These are professional surfers. This is what I did for 10 years. I'm Kieran Perro. Are you kidding me? Oh, and by the way, you pussies, I've got a bunch of drones. I've got guys with shotguns and boats. I've got what is a shotgun going to do. I don't know. It just makes me feel better. <laughs> At best, you, I mean, okay, step uh, to a harpoon, dude. AR-15 or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Look, I not only would just surf it if no one was around, but I've got all this protection. Yeah. Let's do this. Yeah. Well. I don't know, man. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Okay. They've got this event at the Wave Pool the same weekend as the boardroom show, May fifth and sixth. By I'm the not way, even you're acknowledging that event. Good. They'll be we'll be able to watch that event on a large screen at, oh, really? at the show. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, but my question to you is, how much talk will there be about this during the the broadcast? Will uh, there none. be any? There'll be very little. There might be mention made, but I don't think there's much to discuss among the commentators i guess the deeper question is will they be told by production staff not to comment i don't think they'll be told that i think 
It is what it is. I just don't think there's enough. I think there's plenty to talk about. Well, there is. Are you kidding me? It's all they should talk about. I mean, look, you can't talk about your own company. We called a special podcast just podcast just to talk. No, but I mean, you as a service to the public, you've got to. You can't just go. Here's our statement, and we're not saying any more. And then not. It's the elephant in the room. Yeah, but they're not going to. Joe Turpel and Martin Potter aren't going to discuss the things you and I just discussed. They're no, not, I agree with that. So but certainly they the only, could they could discuss um, where do you draw the line? You know, where should we draw the line? That's true. You know, like what about pipe? I agree. What about reef sharks at Chopu? They will not discuss that. I agree, but they should. You're it's right. The elephant in the room. Well, Everyone else is going to be. I mean, they're the only ones that aren't going to be, and they're going to get called out for not doing it. Right. If, if it was me, I would have a meeting with all of these people and we would talk about exactly how to spin this yeah, and what can and can't be said and what's everyone's opinion. And I would actually have an airing out of, the, of everyone. You know, I would go, look, nothing's off the table. You're not going to be, this isn't going to affect your job. I'm not here to fire you. I just want, let's have an open-ended discussion about this. How does everyone feel? Because I think that would do a lot to deflate anything that might be building up in some of these potential you know maybe there's an opinion that that's building up so i would deflate it i would get it all out and then i would say how do you guys want to address this and then we would talk about it and i would say well that's okay that's okay that's going too far mm-hmm. now you're jeopardizing the badge you know the wsl brand and so let's not let's just keep it in these parameters it's like me dancing just keep it right here don't wave your arms above your head you know and surfing i'm going to continue drawing these surf analogies to your dance moves yes. because you're right don't let your arms flail. Keep yeah. them tucked. Keep them tight. Right. Keep that form. Right. Um, yeah, I I cannot imagine that they will spend much time discussing it at the next event at Rio. Do you think that um, – what was the discussion like between the tourism people in WA and the WSL? Do you think there was much discussion there? Do you think they were in the room for the vote? <laughs> we're assuming there was a vote. We, by the way, David and I don't. We sound like we were there. We don't know too much about what actually happened, but we're assuming that uh, there was a, a gathering of minds that made this decision. Although Sophie, I'm sure, was the final one. Um, was the tourism board there, and what were were they going? Come on, we got to run this thing. I don't. Or did they, they just pull the plug, and this came as a somebody had to make a phone call to Paul Paplia, the tourism minister. I don't think they need to invite them into the meeting. Yeah. You know, if you're going to make executive decisions for the boardroom show, do you call your sponsors in to ask their opinion? You know? Yeah. You just do it. You do what's best. You're the leader. You're the chief. You yeah. don't need a bunch of chiefs in the kitchen. Yeah. Cooks in the kitchen. I'm mixing analogies, Scott. Yes, you know. are. Um, so about the event itself, freaking Jack Robinson, dude. I know. How gnarly is Jack Robinson? Would you rather have Jack Robinson on tour the entire year and get rid of Michael February? Yes. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I'll take. Why isn't that guy on tour? Yeah, Jack is so gnarly. I mean, the reason why he's not on tour is because he hasn't qualified. For well, the I know, I no, know. But my point is, he thrives in big barreling waves and like power surfing. I don't know that he's going to really do his best in you know one to two foot beach breaks where you got to get through eight rounds of surfing. Do you think you could? Put, we've talked about this before, but I mean, you could almost have like a Jack Robinson tour where you got yes, you got like Albie Lair, Jack Robinson, you got like. 10 guys and you just took them to the gnarliest who's that kid 
that surfs at um, that spot hours or surfs all those slabs. Oh yeah, Russell Beerkey. Yeah, Russell Beerkey. You get those guys, and you just w- that would be some must-watch TV, right? Absolutely. There. Yeah. You just have a tour of just the best guys that aren't on the WCT. I had a listener send me an email um, about that exact thing about like we could we could do a GoPro slash video tour that actually had some structure to it, different than like the intersection contest that Taylor Steele used to do, which is a great concept, um, but this would add more structure to it. So you have to go, you have to have like one big wave edit throughout the 10 month period. You have to have one small wave edit. You have to have kind of these parameters and then people vote on it. And uh, it was a good concept. There still needs some working out of it, you know? there's but, something but about the live is, sport that's important. There, I agree with you completely. And the reality is, to answer your thing, Jack Robinson is infinitely more exciting to watch than Michael February. By the way, Michael February made he's it through just, to round three yeah, this he, year. He wasn't. For this event. Uh, but the Jack Robinson thing, he is so dialed in with the ocean at those spots. Like at North Point specifically, obviously not at main break because he didn't even make it through the trials event at main break. He got third, equal third and then had to surf that specialty heat. So he didn't make the... Um, Scott's looking at me quizzically for no. listeners. He did not make it through the trials. Um, I forget the two guys. Well, Kale Walsh was one of them. And David Delroy Carr were the other was the other guy. Then Kyle Abelli got injured in the lay days. So right before round one, heat one, they ran a specialty trials event where the two equal third placed from the trials, which was Jack Robinson and Jerome Forrest, got the call the night before, come surf North North Point tomorrow morning. Whoever of you guys win gets Kyle O'Belly's spot. Well, Jack got two nines. He had like an 18.5, and they they started the broadcast 22 minutes into that heat. So like they come on live on the beach with Joe Turpel and Johnny or Ronnie Blakey. And they're like, yeah, we're running this specialty heat. And I'm looking at the heat totals. And I'm like, Jack Robbo's already got 18 points. Oh, this is going to be the best day of surfing ever. And it turned out to kind of be hit and miss, you know, because the waves are kind of, they were actually really good. People have a hard time picking the good ones, it seems. So like Jack knows how to pick them. Uh, but his waves are just so, he's so dialed in at that spot. He looks it looks so natural in a way that John John does at Pipeline. Just picks yeah. the right ones, like adjusts into these second barrel sections that nobody else is identifying, doing the turns on the gnarliest sections. It's really a treat to watch. Well, it is. And like I said, we'd, we'd love to see more Jack Robinson in, in competition and free surfing. It'd be good, you know? Yeah. I was thinking if there was ever a time to, to sort of, branch out and start your own surf tour like this is the perfect opportunity red bull is the perfect company to do and this is the time like you could just and your whole marketing would be like we're not pusses or something like that you know and you know real surfing in real ways i mean there's so many marketing catchphrases you could run with and um because i think there's a lot of fans that are a little put off by what occurred well look man this is a this cycle we've seen happen over and over in surfing where take the surf brands in an effort to appeal to actually be profitable like look there's not a lot of people who actually go in the water and surf around the world to justify running a company and devoting your life to that so we need to sell clothing to middle america and to ever to all the big box retail stores well once you start doing that 
the core gets pissed. The core is like, I don't want to wear those shorts that are some kid who doesn't even surf is wearing. And then these that leaves gaps in the market for these little companies to come and reconnect with the core. We've seen it happen over and there's a million examples. I don't even oh, yeah. need to name no, them. There are. And it's so are you saying like, the WSL is like OP surfwear? That, that's my point. Is the WSL is now growing corporate in that interest of gaining non-surfing eyeballs and they're leaving a gap in the market for these core small contests the problem is they always start with small local run contests and they don't really have the wherewithal to kind of grow but if red bull could see it as an opportunity to do what they've done in the past which is the cape fear event and they've done it in concert with the wsl with the uh, pipe obviously the vulcan pipe pro they could really create a tour that is excitement focused they don't need a qualification series f the qualification series we're we're the experts. We're going to pick. We're going to cherry pick the guys. Exactly. And we're going to pay them a premium because yeah, we can. Exactly. So Jay, I keep mentioning Jay Davies, Jack Robinson, Clay Marzo, yes. these guys that we're so excited to watch. You know what? For the heck of it, let's pull a, a Torin Martin into the mix. Right. Because he's earned it. The, uh, Ryan Birch, come on and join us at this event. We're going to do it at G-Land. Yes. You know? Exactly. That's what we want. We want excitement. And it doesn't have to be these long storied surfers we want the the fresh guy of the moment who's hot today that's who. so is is the wsl like op cord shorts in 1979 like they've jumped the shark and they're you can you can buy them at jc penny they have a they have an opportunity now to adjust but we're worried that that's the direction they're going they've proven they're showing colors and we're now concerned well, it's the precedent that they set that's unfortunate. But look, man. The wave pool fits in with... The wave pool makes it worse. Would you know Sophie I mean? lose her job if somebody was attacked by a shark? I would think so. She would lose her job for not canceling it. And you know what? She'd be a martyr. Like, everyone would love her. Like, the, all the core would... She would look, instantly be the core. When Kelly Slater's world title got miscalculated, Paul Speaker lost his job. Was that Paul Speaker? Not Paul Speaker. A Brody Carr. Brody Carr. Right? Yeah. Like he had to fall on the sword because yeah. when you're a CEO, you have to fall on the sword. Yeah, but do you fall on the sword for running events in places where we know they're like, I, now it, they might, she yeah. might lose her job. She probably because she went against the advice of counsel and it, per, I, forgive the pun, but it bit her in the ass. <laughs> by the way, I just realized I read somewhere, I can't remember where, that the decision actually came directly from Dirk Ziff. You're kidding. No, it just dawned on me. Okay, Dirk well, that's his, definitely a legal issue then. Dirk and his wife, I forget his wife's name, like they sent the decision down. Really? Yeah. Where did you find that? Are you I, sure dude, about that? No, Google I'm not that. sure. I'm not sure. That's I wouldn't amazing. even know how to find it again if I That came Googled from it. Ziff? That's what I heard. It might be on Surfline or something maybe. Or Stab. Yeah, we could look it up after. Wow. Well, so I mean, think about it. If she would be a martyr, wouldn't yeah, yeah. she be like, I love Sophie more than I've ever looked. Cause I actually like Sophie Goldsmith. I don't know her, but I've seen her persona. I've seen, she's doing her best. She's been thrown into a tough situation. I, I think she's doing a pretty good job relative to, you know, having a bunch of guys like yeah. you and me go, Oh, she's not a surfer. She must be lame. Again, I point to the bumper sticker. Surfers are the worst. Sophie's okay in my book. I don't even care about like and dislike. It's not even about that. Like if you're a CEO. Well, no, I mean. I Thick skin, don't worry if I like or dislike well, no, you. I don't mean personally. I mean, I think she's doing a good job. I think she's doing a pretty good job. What has she done wrong except for this? Dude, 
the thing is, just like with a president running a country, it's like there's so many lobbying bodies involved. Like I don't, I can't blame this one person for doing something because they can't even no matter what they want to do, they probably can't do what they want to do. They got to get it cleared by everybody. So I'm not going to put the onus on Sophie really. So whether did it Sophie say, no, we're going to run. And then Ziff said, wait, wait, wait. And took a phone call and said, Sophie, no, we're not. Possibly. Dirk Ziff. So I'm maybe, signing your paycheck and we're not running. Even though she's the one who had fallen the sword. Yeah. The lawsuit is going to affect Dirk the most. Right. Yeah. Right? But he lawsuit to him. I mean, actually it could be a huge ass lawsuit. Now that you think right. about it. Right. Well, I, so I just think, just think somebody gets attacked. Sophie becomes a martyr. Everybody loves her. We actually have an event eventually called like the Sophie, kind of like the Duke where it's like she, even though she wasn't a surfer, she became one that day. You know what, Scott? It's (laughs) awfully generous of you. She was with us for less than a year or however long. I don't think surfers will remember if that happened. I don't think surfers would venerate her. I think I don't. I mean, not. I'm mean, obviously I'm exaggerating and having it's fun funny. with it, but I yeah, think that funny. they will. I there would be a new level of ah. Oh, you know what? She wasn't that bad. Good. Good luck we to her. We appreciate. Good luck the to the sword her. falling. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, so that, so that our Jesse Miley Dyers and KPs can continue being the commissioners. You know, right? Uh, another thing that happened at this event, Scott, that I would love to hear your take on was Jake Patterson posted the footage of Jesse Mendez and Mikey Wright shoving each other in the parking lot <laughs> surfers are the worst <laughs> well who's the worst in this the worst the, in the this three, the is... three people are mikey wright right. for back paddling jesse exactly jesse for creating an altercation about it or third jake patterson for publishing it okay the worst in this is mikey wright because he was being selfish and catching too many waves apparently and i saw you, you saw what i saw i saw what you saw he dropped in on the guy no or no, he backpaddled and Jesse dropped in on him, but it wasn't his turn. It wasn't Mikey Wright's turn. Mikey, it was Jesse's turn. So Je- first thing that Jake posted was a wave a, of a Mikey. Killer Mikey. Got a killer one, right. All the way down the line. And then, then paddles directly back out. And right. Jesse's been waiting. He right. said he hadn't gotten away for an hour, which is whatever standard. And then Mikey paddles right past right. him. Right. Basically. Drops in. All It was all but Jesse's turn, let's exactly, say. Exactly. And Kelly chimed in on Instagram and goes, hey, I've surfed with Mikey plenty of times. He is a frother. He is the biggest frother I know, which is code for. He's going to not be concerned about what He doesn't see anybody else but himself. Got. Yeah, he's just going to take his own. So Mikey goes on the wave with priority positioning. Jesse thinks, F you, it's my turn, and burns him, but does it very poorly and kind of eats it yeah i think he got distracted by realizing mikey's gonna slingshot around me and challenge me on the wave face so jesse kind of lost it and fell mikey proceeds to get barreled all the way down the line cut to them in the parking lot and jesse being the instigator jesse's pushing mikey mikey doesn't even fight back he lets himself get pushed around which is by the way totally contradicts all of market all of quicksilver's marketing for (laughs) mikey who's supposed to be this badass like mongrel you know until you realize that jesse mendez is like kind of tapping his board with his wrist like it's so weak the whole thing is weak there's nothing good nothing good came of any of this yeah even the fact that jake had to pull it off instagram that was weak jake deleted the post what a puss so there's just like there's this surfers are the worst this is our segment surfers are the worst and this is why we have this because they're all horrible in this every bit of this is wrong yeah so true. Super funny though. Uh, so you don't think Jake should have deleted it? 
No. Why? What's to delete? I could not believe. I think Jay caught shit from Quicksilver. They're like, dude, I these know you're our team. These are, yeah, they're both, they're both Quicksilver guys. Yeah. And I know you're a team manager and you probably didn't think much of it, but it's bad for the brand. It's not. My, so that's my argument is, first of all, you shouldn't have deleted it, period. And I'm shocked that Jake, Jake's a badass. What of is course. Jake? Why would he bow for anybody? Like, I, exactly. It, it kind of surprised me that Jake, number well, one, deleted it. And then number two, posted an apology post that was the worst it was what did the apology post say sorry for stirring the pot i didn't mean anything negative i thought it was funny it was funny yes there was a lot to laugh at yes so okay specifically jake in his apology post said i have taken down my last post due to all the aggressive comments sorry jesse mendez and mikey it wasn't my intention yeah i don't think he realized a lot of people even myself Watched it initially and took it totally out of context. We're like, that mean? guy's lame. You know, like didn't realize, first of all, that they're kind of bros in some sense. Yeah. Well, they, they yeah, surf they, and travel they, together. They're both on tour. They share a house together. Yeah. Pipe every year. Yeah. So who knows what was going on even behind all of that? You yeah. Know? Well, because Mikey looked kind of surprised that Jesse was that pissed off. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's yeah. kind of like, dude. I, so I have a number of thoughts. First of all, let me read Thomas Carroll or Tom Carroll's uh, comment yeah, on this. Do. He said, humans, period. A wave breaks. We try to own it. Uh, a few moments go by. The wave disappears into the shore. And we're left behaving like children. One elongated Seinfeld episode ensues. So <laughs> Tom's one to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Holy Why, shit. Why, because he's a frother? Oh, my God. Don't ask me. Ask anybody. And TC gets around town out in the water well um <laughs> kelly slater there's nobody that's more of a frother than tom carroll yeah in his old age dude he's mellowed out maybe well yeah we all have but <laughs> um so on the apology post kelly wrote your previous post didn't cause anything except for people to show their true colors some ridiculous and funny commentary but i thought that tom carroll had the best take on the illusion of it all um i was what i loved about it was how impassioned everybody was about it like jadson andre with the the middle finger emoji said do you really need to share this what the hell is wrong with you i'm like jadson settle down you sensitive little man like that who cares why would you be this invested and by the way jesse did behave this way and mikey did behave this way who cares? Why yeah. are you all so sensitive now? Chris Bryan film said, this is pathetic and embarrassing. Mikey is a champion, but not sure why you turn everything into such a drama. Pathetic in all caps at snake tails. Chris Bryan, it's not pathetic at all. Like that, who cares? You getting this upset about it shows a thinness of skin and a sensitivity that is actually pathetic. Yeah. Know? So I, I thought, I thought it was hilarious. Like, why is everybody so upset? Nothing really happened here. This is a zero. It's just strictly entertaining. What I would argue further, Scott, is it's actually beneficial for all parties involved. This is beneficial for the WSL. We want to see the behind the scenes stuff, right? We love this stuff. And it made me more engaged in the event itself. It was like, holy crap, can't wait to see those guys surf against one another. Even if they don't surf against one another, Mikey's now in Jesse's head. 
when they go to Hawaii together. Mikey's in everybody else's head, actually, not only for the confrontation in the parking lot, but knowing he's that big of a frother in the lineup, they're like, crap, I hope I don't draw him in a heat because he's going to out-froth me and try to back paddle me. Like, he's in all their heads, you know? Like, this is great. This is great for Mikey's profile, great for the WSL, great for all of it. Jesse Mendez got a bump on his profile. I bet he got a bunch of new followers, you know? like By the way, you bumped bounce the table way more than i do you does it not to. matter anymore or something because you're constantly hitting the table with these your new hand. mic stands they don't so i can start doing this again i no, can start don't do it i'm sorry i don't mean to do it i don't mind if you do it i just want to know if i'm allowed to do it that was years ago when you got ridiculed for it um but you're right i have taken so jesse mendez does get an increase in social media everybody does the if whole you thing guys is funny if you guys can have thick enough skin to realize this is a zero in terms of like negative who care? And you had more people impassionately debating this thing than anything else that's happened in surfing in quite some time. This is a good thing. This is a good thing. If it weren't for a few shark attacks, we'd still be, this would be the top of the news cycle. That's a good point. Yeah. That was the highlight of the event for me. <laughs> was it? Okay. I will say this. I watched some of the women's event and I, I was a little disappointed that they were sitting on the corner at North Point. They Dude, weren't up at the top. I know. That's bullshit. It totally is. And this is why I don't watch women surfing. It's a shame when they get put, when they get a great oppor- the women's tour gets an opportunity to push new limits of what performance has been in the past and then they disappoint. They were on that crappy little corner. I know. Where the wave gets crappy, where guys are doing errors. That was where they were taking off. So that's the problem. You go, you switch events and you go from guys getting like these crazy barrels to then the girls not getting barreled at all and then trying to do a safety turn on a section that somebody else did a giant error on. And by the way, if it was guys on that corner section, end section, I don't want to watch that either. It has right. nothing to do with gender. I'm talking about the best possible surfing in the world. Well, we know the waves that are coming through out the back. Oh, they're insane. We've already seen them. So it's a, it's a, yeah. It didn't do anybody any favors. I'm glad um, I brought it up. You weren't gonna. Bronte McCalla stepped yeah, it up. She dude. charges, huh? She surfs. She surfed really, really well. She's from that area, but she's somebody that everybody was like, "Oh, you got to watch out for her. She's gonna come on and like, like you know, take down some big contenders." And she hasn't lived up to the hype, but she did in this event. Unfortunately, uh, the event got canceled when they. She was slated to surf against Steph Gilmore in the quarters. And I was like, sweet, this will be you know, world that, number you one. Had, that was must-watch TV for you. We'd see. By the way, Steph Gilmore, the Princess Diana of surfing, absolutely gorgeous and um, and very regal. Yes. There's another. I, I made a show note a couple last couple, three shows ago about Honolulu Bloomfield. Oh, yeah. I saw one of her edits on like um, that Australian longboard website. What's it called again? Anyway. Um, and it, and she was just fascinating. She's the women's longboard world champ. Yeah, but beyond that, she's also um, if Stephanie is Princess Die, Honolulu Bloomfield is. I don't know who did William marry. Kate Middleton. Yeah. Yeah. So she has as much grace, as much regalness, as much beauty, as much. Um. Poise. Poise. Could she be Jackie O? <laughs> she could be Jackie O. <laughs> That's a good call. <laughs> she could very much be Jackie O. <laughs> so anyway, I just wanted to point that out. Yeah, that yeah. She rips. It's cool that we have... I know Steph's not a champion this year, but 
we have champion surfers that have really great style. Yeah. You know who else actually stepped, who did some of their best surfing in this event? Malia Manuel. Did yeah. you see any of her waves? No. She ripped a few. And then she got what was going to be my must-see moment this week, which is dragged over the rocks. Oh. Did you see that footage? No. I'll send it. To, actually, I'll post it at spitpodcast.com. Um, she gets pushed to the inside at North Point and is kind of in a threatening situation. Waves are coming and she can't, and it's all that frothy white water and she can't quite get her bearings. The ski's watching her, but doesn't have an opportunity immediately and then gets an opportunity between waves, but it's not really a good enough opportunity. So they get to her, get her on the ski and try to book it out of there. And they end up uh, heading towards shore, run into a boulder. They actually actually hit a a rock that was temporarily submerged. Wow. So they they knew slingshotted. She got, yeah, she got broncoed off of it broncoed she was on the sled laying down on her board mm-hmm. and the ski hits it and then dead stop no the ski keeps going because it had just enough water but the sled hits it oh. and she gets broncoed off gnarly and then disappears and the commentators are freaking and the ski continues on knowing he couldn't look back because it was like right in the heat of the moment you know so he just keeps going and she's gone and then she she ended up being completely fine i think she actually buckled her board and had to switch boards but uh How high in the air did she hectic. go not not high like you as the viewer couldn't tell if she was able to hold on or not because like white water gets mm-hmm. yeah. you know but uh she did not get ragdolled or anything like that she just got bucked you know right before we do duke and kook and all that sort of stuff what do you think of these shades no let me see this these are i'm trying to are, uh, adjust my look a little bit I always go with like the surfer. Um, dude, they look good on you. Michael Douglas in Falling Down. Ooh, that's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> These are cool. Deep, deep pull, dude. Where'd you come up with that pull? Just did you just see it on cable or no, something? No, just you know, it's weird. I can't remember crap from yesterday, but I can pull stuff from years ago. So these are my new spy shades. They spy sent me a box of stickers and giveaway stuff uh, for the boardroom show to those, pass out. Those are cool shades. Thanks. I like the look. Thanks. I like the kind of engineer, quirky kind of academic Kevin Costner slash Michael Douglas vibe. They are a variation on kind of the wayfarer i would say kind of a similar shape but totally yeah. different construction yeah and like an adjustment it's an update on the wayfarer these are called the bellows from spy the happy lens mm. anyway they sent me a bunch of stuff to give away at the boardroom show stickers a bunch of little trinkets so swing by my booth at the boardroom show and i'll pass that out to whoever but in the box he was like he's like yeah um do you want to try out any shades and i usually get like the Regular wrap, wrap kind of thicker plastic ones. But I was like, dude, I think I'm going to spice it up a little bit. Let's go for some like GQ'd out shades. And this is what uh, I got. So those I'm are tight. On those. I also got an email from a listener who was like, hey, love your guys' podcasts. And I want to support it. I've only ever bought cheapy sunglasses my entire life. Uh, but I stepped <laughs> up to a pair of spies just to support you guys. Oh, so that's very cool. cool. Thank you for doing that, yeah. whoever you are, listener. So, spyoptic.com is where you do it. And then um, for this month, because of celebrating Earth Day, we're giving one year gift subscription membership to the Surfrider Foundation. For everybody who uses our promo code, that promo code is podcast. 
buy a pair of shades, buy a pair of goggles, and then we will give you one year membership to the Surfrider Foundation. Cool. How very, crazy very that? great. How crazy is that? That's super good. So, um, Scott. Yeah, buddy. My Duke. Go ahead. Also related to Earth Day. Earth Day's today, right? No, it's the 22nd, oh. two days from now. Sunday. What's today? The 20th. 420. Oh, 420. <laughs> Dude, oh, I, boy. Yep. I spent my whole morning celebrating 420. Were you pulling bong loads? Or? Totally, bro. No. <laughs> um, no, when was the I'm, last time you smoked marijuana? Not. Is that a, too personal? No, it's not too personal at all. It's been a very long time. I'm not into smoking period. Yeah. You know, just like it's not I know, for me. Sm- that's just, yeah, smoking doesn't seem like something a doctor would recommend, but oh well. Yeah. <laughs> um, but my Duke comes from our, are you familiar with Zach Plopper? Yes. Long time listener. Yeah. Surf industry guy. He worked for a trans world surf, I think back in the day. Yes. He's currently the con- conservation director for wild coast. Yes. You're familiar with this. I'm familiar with Zach too. Okay. We were in France together. Oh, were you really? Not together, but at the same time. So oh. we kind of communicated a little bit. On a magazine trip? No. Oh, I don't know what he was there for. He was there with his family, his son and his wife. Oh, okay. And I was there just looking to do the boardroom out there in France. Well, he works for Wild Coast and uh, he sent me an email this morning and he said, it was like a celebratory email. He's like, Wild Coast. So Wild Coast is my Duke for the week for getting final approval after years of initiatives to protect 9.3 miles of coastline just outside Salina Cruz, Mexico, where there are, of course, amazing waves. So this sounds like it's a victory for surfers, Scott, which would be surfers are the worst. That would just be selfish. But it turns out that's not the case at all. This is actually a huge win for the Olive Ridley and leatherback sea turtles. Oh, very good. The more than nine miles of uh, coast are nesting beach for these two types of sea turtles, and they're now protected. The beach of Moro, Ayuda, is hugely important for the survival of these threatened species. Um, Unfortunately, people poach these turtles for the meat and for the eggs, and... um, so their population was being decimated and this protection allows, it's like a really unique phenomenon to this one beach in the world where these species like to nest and to breed. And so this protects it for them, but more additionally, importantly, it also protects it from development of real estate, which would not only of course threaten the turtles, but then potentially the, th- the local surf spots. So, All right. Well, good. So shout out to wild coast. Good stuff, Wild Coast, Zach and Serge Dedina, who I believe is the mayor of Imperial Beach now. But Who's Serge Dedina? He's the, the guy who he started Wild Coast. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Um, I wanted to shout out to a listener who left a comment on the website, spitpodcast.com. There's a comment section. Of course there is. Everyone and, should comment on our show there. Well, this guy leaves comments somewhat regularly, but this one was particularly relevant because it flies in the face of your and I argument last week about volume. Yes. Remember we were like volume. Yeah. Leaderage. Who cares about volume in surfboards, right? Right. Well, this listener does. He goes, first, <laughs> he goes, first of all, I'm a kook. Which I was like, fair enough. Uh, 
I started surfing at age 27. I'm now 42. He goes, volume works for me. The under the arm test that you guys talk about or the old hold the tip of the board and look down test. We all, we're all familiar with that one, right? <laughs> yeah. You look at the thickness flow and actually you're looking at foil as if you know what your brain is processing. Anyways, he goes, those two tests provide very little info for me about how the board is going to perform. Hmm. So my only option is to read the dims, the dimensions. And he goes, yes, I've learned that two and a half inch rails are too thick for me and that two and a quarter rails verge on being too thin and that 19 inches wide is sometimes perfect, but it all depends on the waves. Those things fluctuate depending on what the waves are doing. The one thing that remains constant regardless of the waves is the volume. He goes, I've learned that 28 liters works no matter if I'm riding my 5.8 lost V3 rocket for fun little waves or a 5.11 lost pocket rocket or a Simon Anderson face dancer, which are both high performance boards. The 28 liters of volume is my magic number regardless of board dimension. Hmm. So I thought that was interesting because he's right. You can surf really good waves and you can ride a thinner board, let's say. And then surf mushy waves and you want a thicker board. So you're not sure which thickness you want in all occasions. You're constantly trying to adjust that and dial it in based on the other board's dimensions and factors, how much rocker it has, what fin setup it is. But he's saying he's figured out regardless of all those things, volume remains constant for him. So it's something for you and I to consider. Fair enough. I'll consider it. Consider it considered. For listeners who want to chime in on the volume <laughs> conversation, Scott, where should they do it? Uh, spitpodcast.com. I think that'd be a great place. That would be where you need to discuss all this stuff. Tell me about the boardroom show before Dude, the boardroom show is going through the roof. So we're going to have a killer lounge with the ukulele and guitar builders and ukulele jams. So if you want to come play ukes or play guitars, there's going to be a lounge area for that. We're going to have large format art throughout the lounge area, a place to kick back, chill out. It's going to be cool. We're going to have a large screen TV there. Um, Of course, we've got the icons of foam. Tribute to the Masters Shape Off, presented by U.S. Blanks, honoring Mark Andrini. And that's going to be a man-on-man event. Mono y mono. Two men enter, one man leaves. It's going to be epic until we get to one person standing. I was going to say eight men enter, four men leave, and then four men enter, and then two men leave, and then two men enter, and then one man leaves. Right. Kind of, but I prefer to say two men enter, one man leaves. Because that's, that's how each heat goes down. Does the person die who doesn't leave? Eventually, they're going to pass away. I'd prefer to say pass away rather than die, but that's going to be years from now. But yeah, eventually. Oh, okay. Yeah. This isn't, okay, got it. Right. It's not a direct cause of Do you this. know two men enter, one man leaves? You know where that comes from? No. Mad Max, right? The one it with Tina Turner. Around. It had to be around before Mad Max. I don't know. Maybe it did. I thought it was like the Tina Turner Mad Max Thunderdome or Jeez, whatever. Jeez, maybe they the Thunderdome. Maybe they started it. Um, I just thought it was old as time. Uh, so I'm excited to go, Scott. You saw my lineup of who I've got. In I know, my booth. dude. I was blown away. I was like, sh- we should have just had you run the seminars with those guys. It would have been insane. Come on, buddy. That would have been so good. Come on, Devin and Chaz. Those Together. are like all. That's like water and oil. That's what makes it great. Yeah. Yeah, they're, um, it's unfortunate, but they're friendly with one another. So <laughs> that is unfortunate. They have very divergent. Um, they're completely opposite. Yeah, they're my, very From div- what I know of, I know Devin well, and I kind of know Chaz just through his Instagram and his, and his fight with Ashton. <laughs> 
but they respect one another. So that's a thing. So Devin and Chaz will be there. Chaz will be bringing and signing books for anybody who wants his new book. No, unfortunately, what? that's what I wanted, but the the release date got pushed back to June. So he doesn't have the new book, Cocaine and Surfing, A Love Story. That's not available yet, but he will bring um, Welcome to Paradise, Now Go to Hell. So anybody who wants a book. Uh, that's a good book. That's such a, a fun book. read. It's a great book. Yeah. And that'll be on Saturday from 11 to 1. Then I've got Dane Hans from Vulcan coming and Ron from Board Porn. Oh, Ron. Love that guy. He's flying in for your event. I don't know if you know uh, Dude, I'm, I'm on Insta with him. We're, we're like, we have a contest to see who's going to go home with more boards in our <laughs> No way. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, Ron's going to swing by the booth as well if you want to meet him. Um, the artist, uh, Jose Amroca Flores, who's been doing all the illustrations. I would I have like your illustration, by the way. And I would like for you to reach out to Jose because uh, I I have this lounge with large format art. And if he wants to put in a large format piece. Perfect. I want to have some of his stuff there because it's, it's a big 50 by 50 room lounge thing. Okay. And I want art in there. Okay. And it doesn't matter if you're, um, you know, I know Jose didn't get a booth this year, but he's a, I'm a big fan of his work and okay. he's, and he's a, he's a client. So and he does a lot of surf related art too. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Timponi's flying in from Maui. That's super cool. How crazy is that? That guy's an icon of foam. I would say so. And then, uh, Roger Hines, who's competing, I think from noon to one he's going to swing by and shake hands from three to five. If you don't catch him out on the floor, you got to Roger's the greatest. I spoke with Roger this morning. Oh, did you? He's got a lot of good stories. So yeah. make sure you pick Roger's brain. He's been around. He was on the North shore back in the day, like 71, 72, oh, yeah. 73. So he's got all the old country stories. If you want to know, if you want to talk old Hawaii, North shore country, talk to Roger. Yep. And then Sunday, 11 AM, Josh Martin. 11 to 1, he's going to come and hang and chat. The nicest man in the world. Great craftsman. Probably the nicest man in the world, Josh. Dave, super good guy. Dave Parmenter. Dave Parmenter. Noon one of the two. One of the smartest men in the world. Yep. He's he's super cool. Anybody who meets him face to face, he's I've the gone best. on trips. I've been in cars with him. We've gone surfing together. He's, he's a good gentleman. Super cool. Super smart. Like I said, probably the smartest guy. One of the smartest guys I've ever met. What, super smart. What time does the event wrap on well Sunday? Well read. Uh, 10 to 6 Saturday, 10 to 4 Sunday. Okay, cool. So Dave will be there from noon to 2, and then Jeff Timponi is going to sit in again Sunday from 1 to 3. So they'll overlap a little bit. And uh, so, yeah, great, great show. I'll have, like I said, stickers and then those spy giveaway stuff to pass out. So, Well, you're going to see the best of the best shapers. Oh, yeah. I mean, All this is the tournament room. of champions. Yeah. Ricky Carroll. Roger Hines, Matt Calvani, Wayne Rich, Stu Kenson, Rex Marshall, Travis Reynolds. Bill Barnfield. Bill Barnfield. God, how do we forget? He's so, I mean, we've got, and that's just the guys in the shape off, not to mention all of the guys at the show. Yeah. You know, oh, Maurice Cole's coming. Maurice in, like Lost. Matt's going to be there. Um, of course, Rusty will be there. There'll be a ton of great how shapers. You, how much are tickets? It's ten dollars if you buy tickets in advance. No Go to boardroomshow.com, ten bucks to get in. It's fifteen dollars at the door. At Del Mar Fairgrounds, May fifth and sixth. There'll be live music. Yeah, May fifth and sixth, Saturday and Sunday. There'll be live music. There'll be um I'm giving away if you buy tickets online, you're automatically entered to win one of the boards that's more than one. I think we're giving away six of the boards that are in the shape off crazy because we have a lot of foam blanks that are finished i'm like what do i do with these let's give them away to people yeah so i'm giving those i'm giving six of those away 
Just the shaped. The shaped blank. blank. You've so got to take. Somebody's got to glass it themselves. Yeah, you take the blank and go get it glassed. Got it. Yeah. And so there are, and Mark Andrini, of course, we're honoring him. So these will all be replicas of Mark Andrini's designs. And Mark's going to be signing his book. His book will be there. Mark will be there. Speaking of nicest guys in the world, if you don't know Mark, go up and say hi. He's a very very cool guy. I'm super excited. I know it's going to be fun. Yeah. I'm excited too. All right, Scott. Great meeting. I'm glad you called this together. Uh, I had a schedule. Yes. Until next time, adios and aloha. Oh